0: You are good, Lord. Praise God. Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. Turn there. There it is. Say this with me Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. That is kingdom purpose. The purpose of the kingdom is to represent Jesus. Represent. I like to say it, represent to represent who Jesus is in this earth. Amen. If we're going to represent him, then we need to have the character and the abilities that he walked in, and he told us that we'll do that. Greater works than this shall you do because I, I go to my Father. Amen. Praise God. I'm believing for uh, 2020 to be an opening of, of the manifestation of of the presence of god i don't know specifically what's really going to happen but i do know that it's going to be quite a year it's going to begin there's some things that that are going to be released and begin and one of the things that god has been speaking to my heart for the last uh, several weeks over a month now is he's been saying 20 in 2020 god's going to start laughing In 2020, God's going to start laughing. Now, that could mean really good things or really bad things. For the heathen that's raging, it's not going to be a good thing. But for the children of God, it's going to be an awesome thing because God's going to laugh by demonstrating his goodness and glory in the face of those that say he doesn't exist. Amen. He's going to manifest himself and demonstrate himself, and the body of Christ. We're we're getting ready for that. We're going to see the demonstration of the glory of God. Amen. I've been trying to prepare myself for it, and uh, just don't. I, I feel like I feel like I'm I'm inadequate to get there. You ever felt like that? But I also know that it's not about me. It's about Him, and He 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 launches us. Praise God. If if everything goes right on the twenty second or Uh, Whenever it is, um, before Christmas, I'm going to be talking about divine interruptions. That's what I've been feeling in my spirit, divine interruptions. God's not always in our plans, but he is sure in our interruptions. Hallelujah. (laughs) If you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. (laughs) Amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus say this with me put that declaration up we got it say this with me i purpose to live my life so that the kingdom of god is made manifest and obvious in me in my house in my city in my country and in my world praise god oh thank you lord we're seeing that the, the devil is raging, the heathens are raging, but God is manifesting himself in the very face of it, and he's going to show himself powerful. Amen. In, in communist China, they are, they are you know, making another aggressive front against uh, Christianity, and yet in 15 years, at the rate Christianity is growing in China, in 15 years, China will be the most Christian nation on the face of the earth. Amen. Just try to lock God out. Amen. Just try to lock. Tell him that he doesn't belong. Amen. He'll laugh as he walks in. Praise God. So I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28, verses 17 through 20. when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all, all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo... I am with you always even to the end of the age praise god this is a declaration of the kingdom of god he said all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth we talked about that last week all authority there's there's an an authority in the kingdom of god that is above all authority amen i've been going back every little bit i go back and read about a lot of my heroes and i think reinhardt Going home to be with the Lord just kind of reawaken that in me, and I've been I've been going back and reading about because I love I love to read about the guys that broke through, the people that broke through Mary, uh, Mary Woodworth Eder and and uh, Smith Wigglesworth and John G Lake. And F.F. F. Bosworth, and there's just so many of uh, people that, that uh, Catherine Coleman, and there's so many that, just, that broke past that barrier into a realm that is different than the normal realm. And because of that, begin to see the manifested presence of God in the earth and i've been i went back and and went through uh john g lake's life uh here recently and what an amazing powerful life this man lived he had a lot of battles he confronted a lot of things but god moved powerfully in his life and it's because he decided to believe what the word of god said without any doubt and it says that some doubted When they saw jesus but then he said all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth go therefore into all the world and make disciples and i want to talk about that aspect of the kingdom of god today to make disciples and what we're actually talking about is just build community a community of believers that understand who jesus is and re uh represent who he is and so we we as the body of Christ, there are so many different types in the body of Christ. We're all different. Thank God. It would be boring if we wasn't. Amen. People, people, young couples, you know, young people come talk to me about, you know, trying to find somebody that's that's like them, and I tell them to be the worst thing ever happened. You need somebody different than you. You need somebody opposite, because that makes for an exciting life. But if you're both the same, it's going to be boring. Amen. So we attract opposites. And because we're intrigued by it, that's why, that's why when a young couple first starts dating, they talk all the time. Used to, you know, they'd drive around or cru- cruise town. You know, that, that was a big thing years ago. Now we, now we surf the Internet. And, but they They talk. They'll talk on a date and then get home and call each other and talk. And they talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. The reason for that is because of the intrigue of the difference. They're intrigued by the difference. And so they want to find find out everything they can find out about this person because they're different from them. And so we are intrigued by people that are different than us. And I always tell young couples when I'm doing premarital counseling, I'm telling them that the very thing that intrigued you after a few years is going to irritate you. <laughs> you're very intrigued by the differences, but if you don't learn to accept and appreciate those differences, you're going to start getting irritated by the differences because if there's not acceptance of the difference and if not respect and appreciation of the difference, then you start battling with each other over the differences which is totally unnecessary because that difference is the very thing that you need. Amen. You teach each other. You make each other's life full. Amen. Me and Sister Betty, we couldn't be more different. We took personality tests one time, and on the scale, I was low, high at this end, and I can't remember what it all was, but I was high at this end, low at this end. When she got her scale back, she was low at this end and high at this end. If you flip them over, it made one perfect rectangle. I said, well, looky there. I tell her, I say, you're everything I'm not. And that's the best thing that could happen because we need each other. In the body of Christ, if we could just learn that. We have a hard time learning in marriage relationship and we have an even harder time learning it in the body of Christ. We let, we, I, I always say that, you know, the difference is we either rub us raw or rub us smooth. It all depends on how much we resist. It'll either smooth out the rough edges and add the parts that are missing, or it'll irritate you to the point that you want to get away from it. If we're unable to accept the differences in other people and learn to appreciate them and let them add to our life, then we will always find ourselves repelling people around us and searching for the place that we fit in. How many people have I talked to that'll say, I just don't feel like I fit in? Now let me get real mean. It's not that you don't fit in is that you can accept the people that you're trying to fit in with. Amen. The problem is, is we have resistance toward the difference of people around us. And so we will not accept them in who they are so we feel like we don't fit in and we feel like we're the ones being rejected. And the truth is, you're actually rejecting the people that are around you. Now, now, if a group of people just walk right up to you and say, we don't want you around, you can say, I don't fit in. <laughs> but fair, very few times will that ever happen. I have, I have had that happen to me. <laughs> and I stayed anyway. I've never, I've never been one to just walk off just because there's resistance. You know what I'm talking about? You know, I've kind of had this attitude, I don't have to deal with you, you have to deal with me. Come on, somebody. Come on. Amen. We, we're going to talk about... We're going to talk about the body of Christ and the blessings that are in the body of Christ and the gifts that are in the body of Christ. And God is trying to build a kingdom, and that kingdom will only stand when we get to the place where we can love and appreciate the thing, the people that God's brought into our lives and the people that are around us. Amen. Now, we got, we got introverts and extroverts, and then we, right in the middle, we got the intra extras The intra-extras are the people that are able to work in both worlds. I am an intra-extra. I'm not a full introvert, and I'm not a full extrovert. When I'm up here preaching, you would think that I am an absolute extrovert. I am not. I charge my batteries by myself, alone, away from everybody. That's when I re- That's when I recharge. You know what I'm talking about? But I don't mind being around people. It don't bother me to be around people. You know what I'm talking about? Now, extrovert, I don't know why I'm going into this, extroverted people always need somebody around all the time. They, they literally recharge by interaction with other people. They want to be talking or being with people, and they, they, they literally recharge their batteries by just being with people. You know, And they, they actually, it bothers them to be by themselves. Introverts, on the other hand, get drained when they're around other people because they feel like they have to perform somehow for all these people. And they can't stand small talk. And they don't want to just, you know, do it to be doing it, and it these have a purpose, and they are much happier just by themselves. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Some sure. of y'all know what I'm talking about. Now, the introvert, if they are not careful, can resent being around people because of how it makes you feel. It makes you feel drained. It makes you feel pressured. The extrovert can get the feeling if there aren't people around they start feeling bad about themselves and they start they they have trouble when there's not people around and then you've got the intra extras which i like i categorize myself as because i can live in both worlds i'm okay over here mm-hmm. i'm okay over here i just you know that's that's where i live i kind of learned to do that as a pastor i learned to live in everybody's world and, and to try to kind of adapt to what I'm around and what I'm, who I'm with. And, you know, you, you learn to adapt. And the only way you do that is if you come to the place where you don't resent what you're around. Oh, I'm digging down deep today, right where we live. The power of the gospel, is to implant into us what's missing from our lives and change us. Because Jesus, his spirit, comes into our lives and begins to empower us to where our weaknesses many times become our greatest strengths. Just because you're weak in an area doesn't mean you have to stay there. See, the answer, the answer for both sides of the introvert, and I'm dealing with this because this has a great impact on gathering together as the body of Christ. And if we're not careful, we, we resist each other, you know. Some of you, when somebody, when somebody starts approaching you, you kind of freeze up. It's like, oh, no, I'm going to have to talk to this person and you feel pressured by that others feel pressured if people don't interact with them the reason that is is because there's deficits in our being the introvert is afraid of people and afraid of what they're going to be asked of and the demand that is put on them and so it drains them to be around people because they feel the drain. They feel the pull. They feel the demand on them to somehow, you know, make that person feel good or make people feel good around. And, it, and it's, a, it's a deficit in our life. And the reason is because in many ways you don't feel good enough to be in that position. You're scared to death that you're not going to say the right thing or you're not going to have something to say or, you know, quiet. It gets that awkward quiet. Have you ever felt that awkward quiet? Yeah, it's just kind of awkwardly quiet. I don't really feel awkward when it's quiet. It's just like, okay, let's be quiet. (laughs) Why do we have to say something? But then on the other hand, extroverts constantly have to be reaffirmed by the interaction of people and they they don't feel good enough in themselves either and that's why they have to constantly feed off the interaction of other people man it's getting quiet in here we're all just we're all just kind of trying to understand what God wants you to do is come into Colossians chapter 2 verse 9 and 10 where he is the fullness of the Godhead bodily dwells in him, and you are complete in him. Hallelujah. Where you're not, you don't feel pressured to to perform for somebody because that's not necessary. Just be who God made you to be, and you don't feel like you have to have some people interact with you to make you feel affirmed in yourself because you're okay. You're, You're okay with God. To For the body of Christ to become what it's supposed to be, it means that we need to get whole and complete in him so that we are able to gather together as one and love and appreciate each other for the people that we are and to be able to accept one another and where there's not this tension and resistance. Amen. Okay, I'm trying to measure what I say today, okay? That's why I keep pausing because I, I want to I get this right. When, uh, when he said, go therefore and make disciples, he's not saying go and find a group that agrees with you. One of the worst things you can do is stay around people that agree with you all the time. Because you're not going to grow... And it's probably going to become toxic. Amen. The best thing you can do is put yourself around adversity. Around people that don't always agree with you. Around people that see things differently than you do. I don't know what in the world happened to our country that now if somebody has a different opinion, it's offensive to us. It's called education. It's called learning. What we're saying is if you don't agree with me, you're saying I'm not good enough in the state I am. Yes, that's exactly what we're saying. Because if you don't learn to grow and accept, you're not going to be good enough in the state you are. you got to grow. you got to learn. you got to expand. And people will cause that to happen. Amen, Pastor. Woo! <laughs> but in our culture today, we want to find there, there are people always, that they come and say, we're looking for a church. If you're here and saying that today, bless you, you found one. And that's what I tell people. They'll come up to me and say, we're looking for a church. I say, well, you found one. The worst thing you can do is go find a church where they preach what you agree with. Because you're not going to grow in that church. We uh, got to stretch each other. You know what I'm talking about? Just because somebody says something you don't agree with doesn't mean you can disqualify that person or disqualify that church. Well, I'm just going to leave and pull my big bucks right out of this church because they don't preach what I like. Well, there could be a reason for that. It could be that you need to change. Amen. Amen and there are no perfect pastors that are going to say everything you like. Good night. How in the world could that ever be possible? I pray all the time, Holy Spirit, don't let them hear what I'm saying. Interpret for me what they need. Get in their ear and talk to them while I'm preaching because I want them to hear what you got to say. Amen. And I know he does that because sometimes people come up to me and say, Boy, this is what I got out of your message. I'm standing there looking at him like I that. Uh, I, I didn't even go there I know Holy Spirit's out there talking while I'm talking and that is that is great comfort to me amen because we got all kinds of people that process information differently I've come up with my own words and terminology and you know I, 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 I haven't studied psychology <laughs> but I, I find that I work in, the, in it a lot And God's given me a lot of understanding in how people think and work and tick. And every time I get up to preach, I know that there's people out there listening to me who are streaming video people. You're the people that already know where I'm going with a message. You've already processed it in your mind. You're wondering why in the world are you taking so long to get this done? You're streaming video people. You're all, you, you think you've already got to where I'm going, and, and when, when, when you start a conversation with somebody, if you're not careful, it's like, speak, you know, it's taking too long, it's taking too long, come on, come on, and, and you process information really fast, and your brain works really fast, and you wonder why in the world it takes everybody so long to say something, and so I like to just throw information out there for you streaming video people because you've already got it you're going to daydream until I catch up. <laughs> and then there's the snapshot person. These are the pause and ponder people. This is what this is my my way of I mean this is what I how I explain it. Pause and ponder people. I give you the information it might be next Tuesday before you really process what I said okay because you pause and ponder you're the type of person that reminisces a lot you think about you 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 like to reminisce you like history you like you like to think about that you like you when somebody gives you too much information too fast they lose you you're still back on step a And they're wondering, and when you start talking, they're already on on step M, and you're back at step A, and you go back step A, and you start it all over. Because you, you know, you're a pause and ponder kind of person. You don't like to be rushed in making a decision. If somebody rushes you making a decision, you get irritated. And it really irritates you. Some of you husbands and wives need to realize this. There's a, there's a stream, streaming video and a pause and ponder person. And, they, and if you're not careful, the streaming video person is demanding answers and the pause and ponder person is getting mad. So all you do is end up getting mad at each other and being quiet. <laughs> streaming video p- person, listen, give them the information and walk off don't demand an answer let them pause and ponder because if you push them you are not going to get the answer you want it's going to be a a knee-jerk angry response because they don't like to be pushed okay and then there's the box so i throw the information out there real fast for you streaming video people and you you preach your own message and you're gone And then I lay it out for the pause and ponder person because I know that you're stuck on one thing I said and, and you're not going to get past that one thing that I said and it's going to be the next two or three days before you really process everything that you heard and then all of a sudden there it is. Because you, that's how you process information. You're much more personal. You're much more relational. When you look at a photo album, you stare at the picture In an ungodly amount of time, (laughs) and it's like, turn the pain, turn the pain, takes forever. I look at I look at photo albums like this. I got it. There's people. And I even notice who's in the, in the photo. Me and Sister Betty, we, we learned a long time ago not to look at photo albums together because I, I scanned through them. She studies the expression <laughs> on every face. She studies the expression on every face of the person in the picture. And, and I'm sitting there just breaking out in hives <laughs> because we need to turn the picture. And she's studying it. And so we've learned to look at it separately because it just saves a whole lot of problems. Okay? Now, the box, the box, the box. This is where I have to, I I repeat things a lot. And the reason I repeat things a lot is because box people have to arrange it in order in your mind, and you will not be able to get it until you have your box arranged. (laughs) You're the you're the you're the type of person that likes everything arranged, OCD perfectionist. Got you want it in order. When somebody's giving you information, it has to be in one, two, three, four, five. If they give it to you in one, four, three, five, you're back on one because you, you never, if, it did, if number two didn't follow, it's, you're, not, you're not going to go anywhere. You're still back on number one because it has to be in order. You're diagram-oriented people, and you have to arrange things in your box, and then you get it, and, and, you, and once you get it, it's locked down. You're the kind of person that likes to drink out of the same coffee cup on Christmas because you've done it for years. you you want the same atmosphere. You want to repeat an atmosphere that you've experienced because that's arranged in your box. The problem with box people is you are absolutely great at administration, but people mess up your box all the time. They get in your box and make havoc out of your box. You had it all in your head and then people show up and they mess up your box and you have a real problem with that person that messed up your box because now you feel like you're all out of order and you have to get it rearranged in your head before you feel good about the situation again okay we all have we all have portions of that in us, and when we come to the house of God, we come to the body of Christ to learn how in the world are we all going to get it in the, same pri- in the same way by one person speaking, it's because Holy Spirit knows how to get it to us. And, and realizing that, I, like I said, I throw the information out. Like, sometimes I do like a Hallmark movie. I give you the whole thing in the first five minutes because you streaming video people are going to get it, and you're done. Okay? All Hallmark movies give you the whole thing in the first five minutes. There's no need to watch anymore. You've already got it. <laughs> I, I'm a streaming video person. I've, I'm, I'm down around the next curb before you even start your motor. I mean, it's, you know, I, I, I want to get it. That I'm, somebody asked me, what's, what's, the, what's the best place you've ever been? I said the next one. because it's always down the road down the road down the road hurry 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 i work like that if i'm not careful i get to i get when i get to work and i get going faster and faster and faster because i see where i'm going and i can't get there fast enough i need to be down there and i'm still back here and so i just start i just start plowing through it i mean i you got to get to that point i used to be that way on vacations and i this this revelation came to me in my 40s oh We're supposed to relax on vacation. That was a great revelation to me because for years, Sister Betty had to put up with with this Nazi that demanded, I mean, if we was going to go on vacation, it wasn't get up in the morning and mosey around, you know, and relax and, you know, get things together and get in the car I mean I had a regimen you get we have to get up at this time we have to have, be ready at this time we have to be in the car at this time we have to be pulling out of the driveway at this time and we have this much time and we have to do this and do this and I had all this lined out in my head and if it started getting messed up if we left five minutes late I was steaming I mean steaming mad how are we, how we supposed to get this done if nobody's going to cooperate? We're on vacation, bless God. We've got to conquer this thing. And so I was, I was always conquering. I was conquering miles and conquering roads. And, and we'd get to the destination, and then it's like, huh, nothing left to conquer. What are we going to do with this? And I finally, Sister Betty worked on me for years, and finally in my 40s, this great revelation came to me. Oh, yeah, we're supposed, I'm supposed to relax. What, what, what is that? That's how I felt at first. How, what, how do you do that? What, what is relax? <laughs> you don't understand, I can't find the switch up here. How do you turn this thing off? You know because it's always and then i i realize that to me relaxing is sitting back and letting my mind process and so sister betty come up with this term sorting and filing and so the first week if we take a two-week vacation the first week she just kind of leaves me alone because she knows that i'm going to be sorting and filing and then after i finally get everything sorted and filed then all of a sudden, I emerge and say, Hey, what are we doing? Let's do something. Because we're all different. And when we come to the house of God, we have got to start appreciating and I'm not going to get through this we got to start appreciating and respecting each other respecting the gifts there are differing gifts in the body of Christ and we got to quit picking one and saying that's the only one I want you can't do that because you'll never grow you got to get all of them amen all right we're gonna we're gonna go just a little bit further in this Ephesians chapter 2 turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 2 you knew i was going to get to ephesians i always get to ephesians my favorite bu- book in the bible ephesians and colossians i love them ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 it says now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners everybody say i am not a stranger i'm not a foreigner in the body of christ now say this i fit in Because I like people. Oh, boy, some of you choked on that. Let's say it again. I fit in. in. Because I like people. I accept people around me. Therefore, I have to fit in. Come on, that's good truth right there. (laughs) But fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God, In the Spirit. I mean, this is a powerful statement. God is building us together, not separately, together. He is building us together. And His purpose is that we, not just I, but we become a dwelling place. We replace the temple, the Holy of Holies. That is a powerful statement. We, God has now made us the holy of holies in the temple. Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. He is ma- making us, he's building us and forming us into a body that will be a dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. Not a disjointed body, but a fitted body together body now how is God going to be able to fit us together if we refuse to take the shape God wants us to take God changed them people God said well actually I need (laughs) need to (laughs) adjust you a little bit so you fit in a little better you know framed together i like what one guy said he said he said there's a lot of mantles out there we talk about the mantle of Elisha, elijah he said there's a lot of mantles that god has for us but the mantle is never fitted to you you are always fitted to the mantle god always changes you to fit the anointing changes you to fit the mantle amen so There are many, many gifts and many people in the body of Christ, and we've got to stop rejecting and resisting. Amen. I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. That if that isn't the mantra of the body of Christ today, I don't know what is. I don't like the way they do that. I don't like the way they do that. I don't like him. I don't like that. I don't like his preaching. I don't like their singing. I don't like the way they sing. I don't like this. And I don't like, I don't like, I don't like, is is causing the body of Christ to not come to its fullness. To be able to receive to be able to appreciate whatever whoever's preaching there are different gifts we're going to get into that later sometime i don't know when because we're not going to get to it today but there are different gifts there's apostolic there's prophetic there's pastoral there's evangelistic there's teaching and the problem with the body of christ and i've been i've been harping on this for a long time and one of these days I'm going to see this happen, and we're beginning to see There are churches that are actually being successful in this, and thank God. we got to learn how to be successful in it. What we end up with is an apostolic prophetic church over here, a pastoral church over here, an evangelistic church here, a teaching church over here. And the reason is, is because we have this thing of I'm of Paul and I'm of Apollos thing. I like teaching, so I go to a teaching church. Thank God you like teaching, but you need the apostolic as well. And you need the pastoral as well. Amen. The pastors are the ones that, that hold things together. They're the gatherers. They're the, they're the ones that group people. You know, they're the ones that make you want to. You ever been around people that just always grouping people? Always, they make everybody feel good. The apostolic and prophetic is seldom that ministry. <laughs> we don't always make people, we freak people out. And so you can, when you're freaking people out, you can't gather people. You know what I'm talking about? I've complained about this for years. I said, God, you put me in as pastor of church and I just freak people out. How in the world am I supposed to build a church when I'm freaking everybody out? That's what I'm told anyway. They call me the crazy guy down at Restoration Connection. They say, oh, the crazy guy's coming. They don't bother me. You know why? Because that means they understand that I've got a different anointing. Yeah. Amen. They also understand that things are going to be laid wide open when I show up. And so, so they come in there knowing that, that things are going to be revealed. And a lot of times a lot of time they think that not looking at me is going to change that. <laughs> that is so funny. I'll be I'll be preaching, and I look over at somebody, and they do this number. Like that's going to that's going to change things. No, that's just going to that's going to, you know. You trying to hide something? We we about to we about to open the door. Apostolic and prophetic is a revelatory type ministry, and it develops culture. Apostolic and prophetic is a culture developing. System, we preach culture, we 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 challenge culture, and that is uncomfortable. We're always challenging culture, but the that's why you need the pastoral because the pastoral is the persons are gathering people together and saying that's all right. That old mean apostle didn't mean anything. You know, it's okay. Forgive him and love him. You know that's that's the that's the pastoral. The pastoral is the nurturing side of the kingdom of God. And we need, we need the fathering side, which is the apostolic and prophetic, and we need the nurturing side, which is the pastoral. And then we need the teachers because if we don't get this thing, if we don't let people teach us, I'm talking about teach us. Amen. Just teach us. Yes. Open your mind and let somebody teach you. If not, you're never going to get it. You're going to be weak. Well, all he did was teach. Well, praise God. Hey, man, if you're hungry for God and hungry for the Word, you're going to eat it up no matter what style it's presented in. You're going to get something out of it. Amen. Evangelistic. Oh, they're, they're, the, they're the people that's always reaching, always, always out there trying to get new people, trying to bring them in. They're bringing people in and loving people and get, trying to get them into the kingdom of God. And, and you know, we need all of that. We got to quit saying, I like a teaching church, I like an apostolic church, I like a pastoral church. We need to start being all of it. Amen. And when your favorite type style preaching isn't going to be there Sunday, you still show up. Whoa. (laughs) Amen. Man, that was good. Whoa, that's a shot right across the (laughs) bow. Praise God. People like me are necessary, believe me. If you feel like I've roughed you up too much, go back. Sister Betty will love you. Make you, make you feel better. We need, we need the pastoral ministry. Because the pastoral ministry is the ones that it's the glue. It's the glue that holds us together. Praise God. It's the it's the ointment that causes us to feel healed. Amen. The teaching. I've, I've told you about the hand. I'm, Dr. Benjamin, they love this in India. They, they just ate it up. Now, now they're all doing the hand. Amen. I taught, I taught them last time I was in India. I taught them about the hand, that the thumb is the apostolic part because the thumb can touch all the other ministries. And an, an apostle can work in, in every part, every type of ministry. The finger is the prophetic because the finger is directional. The finger gives direction. The evangelistic is the longest finger. It's the reaching. It reaches out. It's always reaching beyond the walls of the church. It's always reaching into the lives of people. The ring finger, this finger, we call it the ring finger, is what we what we put our wedding rings on. And it's the reason it, that's the pastoral, because there is actually a blood vessel that traces all the way back to your heart from that finger right there. It has the heartbeat of God. It has the heartbeat of the people. Amen. And then that little finger, that little finger there, that's, that's the teacher. And you think, well, that, that's the smallest part. No. You ever, have you ever, you ever looked at how much muscle is applied to that little finger? Not only do you have muscles up here that are connected to that little finger, you've got muscles in the side of your hand that is connected to that little dude. And, and that is the best grip that there is. Without that little finger, you can't grip. So if you don't learn to listen to teaching, you're not going to have a grip. Okay? Because that little finger is what gives you the grip. You take that little finger out, you can't grab hold of stuff. You take the thumb out, you can't, pick the, you can't get a hold of it, you can't grasp it. All of it's necessary. Amen. I'm, I'm just trying to rush through some stuff here. But the body of Christ, we have got to start saying, I am of the body. Not what your favorite anointing is, but I am of the body. Amen. Praise God. I love the presence of God. I love the Teaching. I love the Word. I love the way that, I, I like different aspects. That's what we got to say. I like to hear the teaching of the Word of God. I like, you know, Bill Johnson is, is one of the most different preachers I've ever I've seen in my life. He's the only guy that can get away with that type of preaching. Because he doesn't raise his voice, he just walks around and he, he makes statements and he stands there and looks at everybody, waiting for you to get it. And it's amazing, you get it. It's like, how's he do that? You know, he's throw these little, these little things in there. And and you get it. And then you got people like, like uh, Pastor Ron Carpenter Jr. out in California, he used to be in South Carolina. I was out in California. Love to listen to that man preach. I'm when I'm listening to him, I'm thinking, man, I wish I could do that. You know what I'm talking about? Because he can stir you up. He's a teacher, but man, he can stir you up with the word of God. And it's amazing. There's all different types. And we've got to learn to see Holy Spirit. Because it's all from the same Spirit. And if we see Holy Spirit, then it's, it's good. We want it. Amen. I'm going to I'm gonna have to shut this down. Oh, I had so much more I needed to talk about. But we, when we learn to receive one another... The people next to you, there, there's probably people in this church. One of the problems with, with churches in America today is, is that if somebody upsets us, we go, we go looking for another church. Worst thing you can do. Worst thing you can do. You know why? Because you go to that other church and that same person is going to be there with a different face. And they're going to irritate you too. And then you go to another church. That same person is going to take a lot of different faces, but they're always going to be there. Until you learn to break the resistance in your heart toward that personality. And learn to love and accept and appreciate. Now, I'm not talking about toxic, manipulative people. Ain't none of us can get along with that. We simply have to stand against that type of thing. That's not a personality, that's a spirit. Toxic, manipulative narcissism is a spirit, and we have to stand against that. We will not accept that. We won't we won't try to cater to that. We won't try to make it okay. We're just gonna we're just we we just take a stand against it and say, no, nope. You're not gonna change our you're not gonna bring our atmosphere into you. We're gonna we're gonna maintain the atmosphere of God. Amen? But most people aren't toxic. Most people aren't manipulative and most people aren't narcissistic. Most people are just different. And you got to let that difference expand, stretch, and make you grow. How many want to grow? Amen. If you want to grow, you got to get past that one person that, that just drives you crazy. Most people on every job you work on, there's that one person that just irritates you. You think about them on the way home from work while you're driving. You think about them while you're eating supper. You think about them before you get to be- go to bed. You think about them when you get up in the morning. You dread going back to work because that one person, and you change jobs, and lo and behold, that same person's on that next job. What they're doing is they're showing a deficit in your heart. And so we have to challenge ourselves. We have to challenge ourselves to grow. God, help me to be able to love past this instead of resent. Help me to love past this. If the body of Christ is going to experience what God has for us in the year 2020, we've got to start joining arms amen gotta start joining arms we gotta start embracing one another because when things go wrong in your life there's nothing better than to have people around you that will stand with you hold you up and they're all gonna be different my goodness there's so many things I could have went into today did you know there's two different types of, of, of compassion this is what gets most people The first type of compassion is empathy. They're the people that's able to console, weep with you, comfort you. The other type of of compassion is answers and action. They fix the problem. It's still compassion. It's just displayed in a different way, and a lot of times we think those people are mean. We think they're harsh. We think they're cold because they want to they change it. They want to change, they want to fix the problem. Actually, you need both. both. Both types of compassion is important and we've got to learn to accept both types of compassion. Amen. That's why me, when me and Betty show up, we're a good team because, man, she is just full of empathy for people. I mean, she just melts on people. And if somebody's crying, she's crying. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is, she's crying. She is full of compassion, uh, empathy. And she loves people like that. I feel it, but I don't feel it like her. My response is, we need to fix what caused this. You know, that doesn't mean I'm cold. It means I'm the second part. After we get done crying, we gotta get to work. We gotta put some action in this thing. You know what I'm talking about? And so everything is important and we've gotta learn to accept what's in the body of Christ. Oh man, I want to preach for another two hours. <laughs> this is one of my rare pastoral messages. I don't preach these very often. I like the power of gifts, you know. Stand with me if you stand up. I'll, I'll quit soon. Oh, thank God. The person next to you is important but the people you don't sit by is important you know everybody groups can we can we get over this can we get over the fact that there's gonna be groups in the church the people that have a toxic attitude you know call them cliques. well they're just a clique. well of course they are they like each other you're always going to attract people and you're always going to group with certain types of people, okay, nothing wrong with that, unless you isolate yourself from everybody else. You're always going to lean towards certain people. You're always going to find yourself gravitating toward those people. You're always going to find yourself talking more to those people. But that doesn't mean that that's the only part. You gotta you gotta spread yourself out. You gotta interact with everybody. But there's always going to be groups. There's motorcycle groups. There's car groups. Hallmark groups. I think it was last year we actually a lot of the women gathered here at the church and watched a Hallmark movie on the big screen. It's like it was a it was a touchy-filly night. But you now. Na- you naturally, you naturally are drawn to different people. That doesn't mean that we're not part of the body of Christ. So we got to understand that but we also have to get ourselves around everybody else as well. You can't just isolate yourself to the people that you like to be around. You got to get around other people. Amen. Okay, I hear I heard you. I've repeated that enough. Father in the name of Jesus. Lord, break down the barriers in our hearts. Break down the resistance in our minds. Break down, Lord God, the deficits and fill us with who you are. Fill us with your presence. Fill us with your presence, Father. Fill us with your presence, Father. Make us complete in you. Lord, we need to be complete in you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Can you pray this prayer with me? Say this this prayer with me. Father God, forgive me for my resentment, my resistance, my lack of acceptance. Help me to accept people, to love people, to receive from people, even those that bother me, that aren't like me. Help me to receive their gift into my life so that I can grow and expand and become full the body of Christ. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, God, I give you praise and honor. Thank you, Father.